In episode four, I'm excited to introduce to you and bring you the story and wisdom of Jackie Harvey. She is a Rumi Rumi practitioner, traditional Māori healer, and she's sharing with us the path that she's taken to be in the place where she is today as a teacher and a healer, sharing her wisdom with people all over the world. Jackie talks to us about using different ways in which we can support ourselves, including through poetry connecting into our own inner guidance and wisdom, honouring our ancestors and the knowledge that flows through us from them and the fact that we are all unique, we are all special and we all have the abilities within us to heal ourselves. For each of us, it's in our DNA that we have all the resources in our DNA to be able to heal our lives, to be this resilience that we have to overcome trauma because we have these incredible hearts and you know incredible DNA. Welcome to Cultures of Change, the podcast, where we are having conversations about healing our identity. We bring you the strategies and conscious thinking for you to grow your confidence and understand your abilities to create the future that you choose. For much of my life, I carried the feeling that I wasn't Māori enough. Growing up in Australia, disconnected from my country and being immersed in my culture, That was until I realised everything I was yearning for was within me. My mana is my own and I am enough. I'm Erica McCready, a proud Māori woman living on Yugambeh land. I'm a cross-cultural communication specialist and have worked with hundreds of First Nations people globally. I'm the co-founder of Cultures of Change and I'm passionate about supporting Indigenous women to find their inner wisdom These conversations draw on the power and knowledge of the strong women who have walked before us. Hello and welcome to episode four of Cultures of Change, Healing Our Identity, the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to acknowledge the Yugambeh language groups, the traditional owners of the country where I'm tuning in from, and acknowledge their continuing connection to country and their elders past, present and future. I have a very special guest joining me today. Her name is Jackie Harvey and she is tuning in today from the Waimali clan and Darak Nation country. She is a Ngāti Pero and Ngāi woman from Aotearoa. Today we're talking about Māori healing and we're going to be getting into the depths of different aspects of healing, the wisdom that Jackie has to share with us and some of her life journey so far. Jackie is a Romiromi practitioner, which is traditional Māori healer and an exponent of Māori mahi toy arts and crafts. She has a graduate certificate in social science, a graduate fellow from the School of Social Entrepreneurs, a diploma literacy performing arts of Māori composition at Te Wānanga Orokawa. Jackie has spent her life learning in various whare wānanga schools of learning. Te Whare Karikoi, the Travelling Dance Group, the Whare Tāpere Literary Performing Arts, Maumaya Māori Women's Sacred Arts, 
Te Whare Tu Tawa Māori School of Weaponry and Te Wānanga Orokoa in Ōtaki, New Zealand. She's spent many years applying traditional Māori practices through the arts and community services in both Aotearoa and in Australia. She consults and teaches on traditional Māori arts and crafts. She has found a natural progression for ongoing study in the Fariwananga of traditional Māori philosophies and bodywork. Because of her early years as a dancer and poet, the poetic language style of her Tupuna ancestors and inspired by having met the Tohunga Papahohepa Delamere, she uses her experiential working knowledge of the body to support transformation in transition through Rumirumi. Having met world-renowned Tohunga Papa Joe, he told Jackie that she was a healer and he showed her the seed of her Wananga life's work as a physical vision in the palm of her hand. Whilst Jackie took responsibility for the call of healing on her life, it wasn't until 2011 that she returned to Rumirumi. For those of you hearing about traditional Māori healing for the first time, I want to just take you through a definition from Jackie's website about what traditional Rumirumi is. And she talks about it combining deep tissue massage, high mata or pressure point stimulation, and body alignment to aid in releasing tension and blocked dense extraneous energy from your overall holy well-being. Rumirumi stimulates internal organs, removing toxic waste, tension and pain, therefore reprogramming the cellular memories with more positive energy and vitality. She goes on to talk about mirimiri, which you would hear in conjunction with Rumirumi talked about all the time. So it's important also to note and to explain that Midimidi is the Tuakana elder and supports Rumirumi whilst working on the outer layers of the body and etheric. It is the therapeutic massage and korero, which is Māori for talking or in this case counselling, to help the body heal itself. Midi Midi safely brings energy into its rightful place to create balance of Modi, life essence, and Wairua, spirit. So I'm so excited now to welcome Jackie in. What an amazing bio. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. How are you? Good. We talked about Papa Joe at the end of your bio. Can you tell us a little bit about him and how he's inspired you and your work? Well, Papa Joe was a world-renowned Tohunga medicine man. I recall a cousin of mine, one of my older cousins, saying that she remembers him when she was younger going to teacher's college. He was a teacher of Māori language. He had a degree in engineering. He, you know, all these things in, in Western society, gone through university, all that type of thing. And But what she re- recalls of him was, and this is a, a couple of my cousins, recall of him at teacher's college being somebody who they knew that he was different and they knew that his family were a healing family that worked with Rungawa Māori medicine, you know, plant medicine. And so, you know how you just know some people are healers or they come from healing families or he was somebody who I met when I was in my early 20s and I was living in Piha in Auckland by myself. I was in a Māori woman's contemporary performing arts company, you know, in my early 20s. And I was already traveling around the country doing healing work, working with youth in high schools. And we would do performances and workshops. And I was a dancer and a poet. And at a, at a young age, I had gone through an abusive childhood, seen a lot of things and worked through a lot in my teenage years and had gone through a lot in my teenage years. So by the time 
I was travel. I trained hard in performing arts and was traveling around the country. And my poetry was my way of healing uh, from that trauma. And that's what I would share with youth around the country. And so that's where I was at when I met him. And I had already been told, like my mother had sent me to see somebody, a good friend of hers that was a matakete, a healer, clairvoyant or psychic that she trusted because she knew that there was something going on with me and she sent me off. And I always thought it was for my mother's benefit. But when as a teenager going to see her friend and her you know, saying to my mum, she's psychic and she's a healer and, you know, all that stuff. So I already knew those things about myself before I met Papa Joe. So, and I was already on that path of healing before I met him. And that is something that is a family thing. And it's, you know, for each of us, it's in our DNA that we have all the resources in our DNA to be able to heal our lives, to be this resilience that we have to overcome trauma and to, it's because we have these incredible hearts and, you know, incredible DNA. And we come from, we always talk about coming from chiefs and things like that. But, you know, when you look at it, our family tree goes all the way back to the highest heavens and that's for all of us. So we're all special. <laughs> we're all special. We've all got the ability to do healing and to heal our lives and heal trauma. And in my early 20s, I was already traveling. I was already living on my own. I was already practicing and learning from amazing teachers in Maori arts and by the time that I met him. And so when I met him, that would have to be just the cherry on the top. Like that would have been, I didn't realize, I actually went to see him for somebody else. And, you know, a young woman I'd broken up with, my boyfriend, he had said that he was going, dealing with his demons. And so I was like, you know, okay, all right. So I rang up Papa Joe because I'd heard so much about him and said, I want to come and see you for this guy. And (laughs) not for myself. When I got there, I walked in and he sat me down and he talked about this guy. Like the first thing he said was like, that's not your husband. I went, okay, cool. And he said to me, and where is he? And I said, oh, he's not somebody that would come here. You know, like he was just not somebody who would go and see one of our talking. He was from Samoan background, you know, and he just said, if he won't come to me, if Muhammad won't go to the mountain, then the mountain will go to Muhammad. You know, that saying, he had said that. So that was kind of cleared and out of the way. And that guy went on to be really, really successful. Um, I mean, he was a talented guy anyway, but I'm sure he helped clear that guy's pathway for him. Wow. But And then he kind of became about me and talking about me and my path and being in the presence of somebody like that who is carrying that mana and all of that gift that he brought to the table. Like you see things that you don't normally see sitting on your own, you know, like meditating, for example, compared to by yourself, compared to meditating with a teacher, you know is a different vibe and they bring a different mana and um so sitting with him he just said to me tell me what you see uh look in your left hand and tell me what you see so I looked in my left hand and I saw galaxies that just went on forever and I said to him I said galaxies and he said I see stars and he goes uh what color are the stars and I said blue they were blue and white but I just told him blue he said that the left hand has a straight connection to the heart and you're a healer And, you know, and when you're in your early 20s, you're like, yes, you know, like, you you know, you know everything. Yeah. And But I didn't realize quite what I was in for. I saw that vision manifest in the palm of my hand 
as a physical manifestation. It wasn't something that was in my mind's eye, you know, or anything like that. And that's because he was sitting there. That's what I feel. And that mana that he brought to the table, like, so that I could see something like that physically, mm-hmm. where it just went in through the palm of my hand and just went forever. So he was able to, he helped a lot of people have babies and things like that and have children. And he cleared houses. He, I remember walking into, because I had friends, I had a friend, really good friend of mine that was learning Maori language with him. And so I got to learn, hear about him through her and she had introduced me to Māori weaponry and so I I heard a lot about him through the grapevine and she took me along to a clinic that he used to have and I remember walking in and the whole place was the lights were dim and there were heaps of healers and a lot of tables a lot of people on those tables and they had sticks and stones and all sorts and a lot of people who did Māori weaponry Taiaha and Rako they were in there learning with him and you know, I remember a teacher of mine saying, oh, the best fighters are also the best healers and the best gardeners. Mm. And so I would see a lot of those fighters who would do Rako and Māori weaponry, I would see them in there. He's somebody who uh, travelled uh, with a group called Māori Healers and for a little while. And when he did that, the stories that I've been told by my teachers is about him with NASA scientists and them asking him a lot of questions about the stars and the universe and things like that because he had been there to those places. So he had gone there. He knew the stars. He knew the stars that they didn't know about that were out there and he would tell them about them he knew the stars that they knew about that they didn't tell anybody else about so he was that kind of guy wow he sounds amazing i've got two questions um for you when you were traveling around and you were using poetry with students and you're using that for healing was that something you were consciously doing were you aware that this was a a way of healing through poetry or did it just feel good and it felt right and you hadn't quite tuned into that yet no it was conscious choice that was made by myself and a couple of members in the group and the director of the group that I would write this poetry about my experiences dealing with domestic violence and how I came out of it through using uh, Taiha and Māori weaponry to be able to come out of that space and to be able to empower myself to move forward because I had had a teenage pregnancy you know that had also come out of childhood trauma you know you these are some of the things that come out of childhood abuse you know having teenage pregnancy and things like that and having in a domestic violent relationship with the father and so having to move on from that I it was through Maori arts and the weaponry that I was able to empower myself and I wasn't actually allowed like I had an uncle who didn't actually want me learning Maori weaponry I had said to him that I'm a single woman I'm living at home with my son you know single mom I'm living at home with my son and so I have my rako there and I'm going to use it there wasn't much he could say after that yes we made a conscious choice that we would through that performing arts company guide youth into talking about um, abuse you know and stuff like that through poetry and through dance do you still use poetry today? Yes, I do, but it's more in the sense of, you know, to craft a blessing for land or it's for, you know, being able to speak into, you know, like with guidance that comes through, being able to speak that in such a way that propels people forward. So I, I use it that way now. So interesting. Let's just take a short break and we'll be back in just a moment. If you are loving what you're hearing, then you're going to love what we have coming up in store just for you. 
head over to www.healingouridentity.com and sign up to get on the list about our new signature program coming up early in 21. We've developed this to support you wanting to dive deeper into healing your identity. If these are the conversations that resonate with you and you are ready to jump in and do the work to find your own inner wisdom and become the master of your own future, then go to www.healingouridentity.com. I wanted to ask you whether your family supported you walking down this path, I guess. You had obviously identified at a young age that you were a healer and that you had a lot of wisdom to give and to share and to support other people through their own processes as well as your own. Was that something that was supported from your family? Yeah, I think so. It's just if things got a bit freaky, you know, like mediumship or something like that, you know, whereas my mother, you know, some of her last words to me before she passed was, as long as you keep your eyes on God, because she was right into God, as long as you keep your eyes on God, everything else will be okay, you know. And I get that because, you know, like what she's talking about in our wānanga and in our culture is the highest heavens, you know, and to toil nārangi and that whole realm. And so, and that's what I do now, and that's, you know, we do in 12 Hawks, is we practice being able to go into that realm on a regular basis and to have the capacity to guide others in our healing practice to go into those realms as well. So her like mediumship is like there are times where it can be a little bit freaky, like the spiritual realms can be. It's not just like everyday life and how people can be freaky. Sometimes the spiritual realms can be a little bit freaky too. Um, so there was some resistance because, you know, of what comes with it but I think that's also for all of us how if there's anything that we want to be able to do or achieve in Australia and New Zealand there's that the whole tall poppy syndrome and so we have to deal with all of that stuff all of our family's fears and worries and yeah you just do it anyway <laughs> yeah yep, absolutely you know to me it's a thing of it's about unpacking your potential and that it's some of us it's a heart thing like you just got to do what fulfills you so it's like I've been unpacking my potential for as long as I can and to be of service to others I mean generally I would say that my family has been supportive they are now more supportive than ever you know because I've been doing it long enough now I've been practicing long enough now there's enough testimonials now or people's feedback now that my family are used to it like they're comfortable with it now whereas you know those things in the past would be quite secretive or quite quiet about it or you know like really humble you don't fuck a money yourself you don't build yourself up over others you know all those kinds of old school ways that come with our families you know there's all of that you know everybody's thoughts and projections and you're contending with all of that resistance and so it's like but if you've got a you know an answer for it or you know if you just decide you're going to do it anyway what we do in 12 hawks by being able to establish our connection with our tupuna by being sensitive to listening and hearing what our tupuna have to say for ourselves not going through anybody else to be able to hear that then we know that we know that we know that we know that this is what I'm supposed to be doing and so regardless of what anybody else says my tupuna have already guided my heart that this is my pathway this is something I'm supposed to be doing you know so with Papa Joe coming along him coming at the right time in my pathway I was already walking that pathway 
but him coming along at the right time helped clear my pathway so that I can keep walking and doing what I do today. If he hadn't come along at that time, you know, I don't know what would have happened. I don't know what my path would, would have looked like, you know. And so you're talking about really being able to tune into yourself and to understand for yourself what you want, what your heart is telling you and being able to follow that, being able to yeah. not doubt constantly doubt yourself or to seek outside validation from other people, even our families, when we really know what we know, what we know, we know, as you say. Yeah, so. yeah it, gives, it gives you a quiet confidence, you know, and so especially like when you're younger and you're dealing with other women who are strong Māori women and, or other competitive men and women, you know, it's like it doesn't matter or other strong people's opinions on topics, it doesn't matter because you've got your own, your heart knows the path or it's on its pathway. It's, yeah. So tell us a little bit more about 12 Hawks. Uh, 12 Hawks is something that my tupuna, my ancestors had talked to me about. They had woken me up on my birthday this year, so which was June 2020, and had said to me about, like, I know that when I get woken up early hours in the morning, we call that wānanga time. So it's a time when our ancestors want to speak with us or guide us on things. It's a time where if you're on point, you're going to get a cup of tea, you're going to get a pen and a paper, and you're going to just take note, feel what it is that they want to say, and just write and see what comes through. But I didn't wake up that day. I went, yeah, I'm tired. And I went back to sleep, the cheek of it. And the next day, I got woken up at the same time again, four o'clock in the morning, same time again. And so I was like, now I know that if that happens, I know that who it is. And, you know, and it was really cheeky on my birthday not to do that, not to get up. And so this, the next day I did get up and I did start, pulled out my phone and notes. And what started dropping straight away was this is how you run 12 hawks you do level one to four so I started writing down level one to level four this is what it looks like so I basically just you know take notes Mm. they say this is what it is you take notes you know and then as I'm taking notes it's like and this is level five and level six I was like oh okay cool and it can be as easy and as simple as that if we want it to be you know and it's just listening and but it's also creating the space so I sat and waited for however long it needed to happen before I'd be woken up at that time you know so it's creating the space and having the patience and waiting and sitting on and trusting knowing that our ancestors are going to and those who are walking with us are going to drop to us the right information at the right time and so you know it was kind of about six weeks of this waiting you know before that information came through and trusting that they were going to bring it at the right time while people were pressing me for when are you going to do this what's the date you know all the rest of it's like well I don't know you know but I'm sitting with it and even now I've got people asking, when's the next level one, you know, asking from Canada and um, here in Australia and, and New Zealand. And I just say, I guess it's in January. I'm not sure, but I'm just sitting with it at the moment. But I'll just follow the page and you'll watch and you'll see. So, so it kind of goes like that. So when you were waiting for, you knew it was, you know, you just said that it took about six weeks. I find this really interesting, this lesson of patience, this lesson of allowing what is going to come through or what is going to eventuate and knowing that it will with patience and not pushing, pushing, pushing or trying to create it or our ego kicking in to to speed things up. So when you were waiting for it, were you having to quieten yourself and remind yourself to have patience or are are you really quite well versed now in just being, you know, being able to surrender to that however long it takes, it takes? 
Yeah. I mean, like, there is a little bit of worry. It's like, okay, now would be really cool, guys. You know, just drop all that. And I could set aside the time and go looking for it, but I didn't want it to go like that. You know, like, I know to trust and wait and and you'll get what you need right at the right time. And to wake me up on my birthday, you know, is such a gift. And the cheek of not getting up, but then, you know, they would also know what I'm like. Normally, I'm very disciplined and have been for many years. So I don't know what happened with my 45th birthday. It just went, yeah, I'll just sleep in today. But I've been a little bit like that this year. This year <laughs> A little bit bit chilled. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, this year has been very a pivotal year for the whole world. The world literally huge. Do you want to talk into that in any kind of way? You know how to. Yeah. (laughs) What comes to my mind is I don't know if you saw I posted that picture of you know what twenty twenty looks like if it was a you know like an avocado with a huge seed in it and you know not much meat but just heaps of seed but I was thinking about that like you know the symbolism of it is that if this is a seed year you don't know what is in your seed what you've been given in your seed like if there are heaps of different trees and we're given like one seed but this is like a year of being planted planting our seed and you know the next seven years is what we're going to see come out of it you know so the last seven years has been even now we're still getting rid of the past so that it doesn't get in the way of our next seven years we're trying to get rid of all the weeds and even now my garden needs weeding and I know that (laughs) but it's like we're trying to get rid of all the weeds so that and clearing the past out so that it's got nothing to do with where we're going you know and that what we have dreamed for what the desires are that are in our heart. We're going to see that all come out in the next seven years. So if we think of this year as a seed, have we been, you know, weeding our garden, taking all the shit out that just doesn't serve us anymore? And are we ready to plant this seed? Amazing. That's a beautiful way, actually, to look at 2020. I feel know. very gangsterish as I say that. Are we ready to plant this seed? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like swearing. Well, it's, it's that like, kind of year? Yes. <laughs> and it's like we've been tending this garden all year and, you know, we've had everything. Years. Hacking it up and, like, the garden has been well and truly ploughed, you know. Yeah, we've been so gangster. Really come in and disrupted our foundations, which is ploughing that garden. You've just planted the seed of um, the fact that, you know, 2020 is preparing us for something bigger and better and we get to almost, it it almost feels like it's a, you know, you get to start a new kind of being really cracked open and, and, um, you know, everybody's lives have changed. Everybody in the whole wide world has changed, you know, something, everything around us has changed in one way or another. So, yeah, yeah, it does feel like a a seed planting time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that the message I had a um, someone did an interview with me at the start of COVID, and what I got was it's about having unwavering faith or unwavering optimism to move through this time, you know. And those of us who have been doing twelve hawks, that's what we've been doing is week after week we've been tending that garden, we've been really abstain an unwavering optimism as we've been flying through, moving through, like just clearing, 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 and you know, and also searching what are the desires of our hearts? What do we want to plant? What do we really want? You know, and we're going to see that unfold in the next seven years, you know, in the next years to come. So we've been doing the work, you know, I'm really excited. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I can definitely attest to that. I think that we not only come in and receive healing, um, but we come back into ourselves. So no matter what has been going on around outside for me personally, I have been able to take this, take that time in Wananga to really kind of come still back to myself and to reconnect and to almost refocus on what's important and feel love in that moment and connection and and be able to kind of recharge actually recharge and kind of come out and go okay it's almost like I'm full of love again Um, I've really reconnected I've, I've dropped some heavy energy I've dropped some heavy layers and now I'm going back to my physical world and my physical reality and you know I've got a little bit more uh balance a little bit more balance in my step and that's been I did want to ask you in light of the name of this podcast which is healing our identity and obviously the work that you do is very much about supporting people to come back to themselves and to really follow their hearts and understand what they truly want for themselves and so when I say healing our identity to you what does that mean? What that brings up for me is te toio na rangi, so the highest heavens. It brings up rangiatea being the treasure house, the highest school of learning in the highest heavens. It brings up that essentially we all come from that place and we bring that energy, that life force through. Our ancestors have brought it through. That's the path that we're walking on. What we're, our baby's born, they're coming straight out of that place, you know, out of the heavens. There's a portal that opens when babies are born and they're coming straight out of the heavens and out of that place. And so healing our identity, that's what it brings up for me. My first thought is the highest heavens. But when we think about our identity is we all come from Tetoyo Narangi, the highest heavens from Rangiatea, which is the treasure house. We are treasure, you know, and if we can recognize the preciousness of ourselves, our wānanga, our learning, coming here, we remember that we all come from that place. We are all come from chiefly lines in that sense, you know. So we're all important. Yeah. We're all Hell yes. We've all got Hell we- yes. You know, mm-hmm. we all have access to all of it if we want want to. Thank you. You don't have to be, you know, a big chief or a big, you know, a minister or you don't have to be anyone special to be able to access where we are born out of, where we essentially come from. We're all born with power and with wisdom, our own unique driving power and wisdom that allows us to do anything in every single day. So if we can do anything, we can change the world. It is as far as you choose to vision, feel like we're healing our identity can really be about dropping these perceptions and layers and stories that are given to us from really little that we kind of grow up just wearing and accepting. And even though we know that maybe something's not quite right or it doesn't quite fit for us, which is why I asked you when you were using poetry with kids and for healing, whether you knew, whether you consciously was doing that or if it's something that you just kind of were nudged to do and you were just doing it. Because, you know, sometimes we don't know, but we are nudged in certain directions that we can either choose to follow or or not to follow, which 12 Hawks definitely supports you to do, then, you know, the more we can really follow what we truly desire, essentially, without any jargon, just truly what we desire really feeling to that yeah. and, and just and do it yeah awesome so is 12 hawks open to anybody anybody 
yeah, anybody can do it. Amazing. And people can get in contact with you through your Facebook page. Yeah, any of the social media, the, the Instagram is Māori Healing and through the Facebook page or my Facebook profile. Yep. Amazing. We'll tag them on our page as well. And so if anybody is looking for some more information with Jackie or the 12 Hawks program, they can go and connect with you there directly. Before we go, Jackie, and just to finish off, we um, I like to leave our listeners with a piece of wisdom, something that might support them more to connect into themselves and to truly pursue yep they truly want I'd like to ask you what you would give to other people okay what I would say with Romirame is I remember my teachers talking about Papa Joe saying Romirame is about facing your worst fear and in that is your greatest opportunity and so what I'd invite people to do right now is go okay what is my worst fear right now so perhaps about 2020 or going into 2021 what is my worst fear right now what's the worst that could possibly happen looking at any given situation and then in that is your greatest opportunity there's something really amazing that's available to you in that so not to be afraid to face your fears but to just go okay what is it that I'm afraid of the most and just go for it you know you'll see the gold that's in it those things that we're most scared of or most afraid of. And yeah, so that's what I used to say. Rumi Rumi is about facing your worst fear and in that is your greatest opportunity. And some of my worst fears were like being in the spotlight and hiding. You know, even now I love, I would love to hide right now, but it's like I've got to show up and keep showing up because I know that there's a message that needs to go out to people. And even if it's just sitting there showing my face, you know, just showing up that to just go for it and I always get something out of it you know it keeps the energy moving instead of remaining stagnant or being flooded or overwhelmed so that's one of my silly little things fears I love that I definitely resonate with that I have been told a number of times that if I'm really scared about something then it's probably really important so it's really made me dig a bit deeper as opposed to just go into a fear space and go, oh, that's too scary. I'm not going to face it. It's a indicator that more investigation is needed. You don't just get to kind of shy away into the corner. You have to actually really why you're afraid. So absolutely love that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jackie. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Cultures of Change, Healing Our Identity. If you liked this episode and it resonated with you, please share amongst your networks so we can get the message out to more women who need to hear it. Please tag me in any shares on Facebook or Instagram at Cultures of Change and feel free to reach out, message me or check out our website www.culturesofchange.com.au Remember to like and subscribe to our podcast so you know when our next new episode is out. Thank you so much for joining me for these conversations. I love having you here and I look forward to seeing you in the next one.